Hello, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Here we are again in the heart of Arlington County in Clarendon, in Studio 1A. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode number 104. A big show to get to today, and excited to bring in my co-host to get us through this big show. To my right, of course, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's good. This episode is like 10-4. Right. If you put a dash after the 10, or after the 1-0, it is 10-4. And then it makes me think of our call signs. <laughs> Yeah, mine was a silver bullet. Not not a very. I think good, it was asterisk. Uh, no, all right. I I don't quite exactly remember what it was, but uh, I know both of them weren't very good. Uh, <laughs> let's bring in our other co-host. I don't remember what his call sign was, but to my left, of course, it's Wayme Docs. Docs, what's up? My call sign is Docs. Docs, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, okay. and yours is the asterisk. Is it? And uh, Joanna's is Detorious. Okay. Um, do you think they were going to have a lot of truckers listening to this episode? <laughs> do you think they're going to see than it usual? episode 10-4 and they'll be like, oh, this, yeah, this kind of, you know, I, I like that. What's the show where they'd always say 10-4 good buddy? 10-4 uh, little buddy? Wasn't yeah, 10-4 uh, little buddy. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't that Gilligan's Island? Uh, no, I thought this, it was Dukes this, of Hazard. This, no. All right. See, I, see I'm, I, I, again, I, I shouldn't, out of the shoot, I'm out of my lane here. <laughs> Not a I smart mean, way to start the show. For 23-year-olds, you really like the classics, <laughs> I huh? know, I do. Gilligan's Island, yeah. Uh, Doc's and I, Gilligan's Island and uh, Dukes of Hazard. yeah. There's I some- did like Dukes of Hazards. Um, that was a, a great show for... for uh, um, I, I watched the old reruns. Yeah. Because obviously I couldn't watch it when it was on every <laughs> right. originally because <laughs> right. I wasn't born yet. Right, of course. But uh, I did like to watch that when I was uh, when I was a young lad. Yep. And and I, I'm not our, our I'm not our entertainment guru or I'm I'm not uh pop culturist. Pop culture and I'm not uh, up on all the shows, but I did enjoy Dukes of Hazard uh as well. So there's the, you and I finally have something in common. Uh, but big show to get today uh, to today, guys. Uh, excited to be joined by Ben Beach. He's a Bethesda resident who has run every single Cherry Blossom 10 miler. That's been that race has happened since 1973, and he's run every single race. So pretty impressive. He's the only one to do so. We're going to talk to him about that. But we're also going to talk to him about his experiences at the Boston Marathon. He has run. 50 straight Boston marathons, uh, which is just absolutely incredible. So April is a big month for Ben. So I, I think closing out April, our last show in April would be perfect to have Ben Beach on, who has run 50 Boston marathons in a row and uh, and, and every single Cherry Blossom 10-miler. Uh, also on today's show, uh, Joanna had her debut last week on ESPN. She was the color analyst uh, at the UVA Invitational, so we're going to get an update on how that went. Uh, we were the whole crew was in Charlottesville. I don't even know if we saw each other together barely, but the the whole we podcast, were at Random Row that's before. True. The whole podcast crew was together uh, in in Charlottesville, and we'll but re- not at the track meet. <laughs> we'll recap. Uh, yeah, that's true. We'll recap a little of that, and then Joanna's experience as she was 
selected to be a color analyst on the ESPN ACC network for the uh, ACC uh, or the, for the uh, Virginia Challenge. I love how you pretend like it's not a big deal. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> just normal. That's the yeah, best you know part. What? I'm going to try to not. And then we're going to talk about street cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> How many times can I say ESPN, too? I'm going to say ESPN. She was an analyst on ESPN, like mm-hmm. literally an analyst on ESPN mm-hmm. this past weekend. So. I'm surprised she showed up to the podcast today. <laughs> I know. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I know. So we'll get into th- get into that. Uh, you mentioned Random Row, which is a brewery. Uh, I want to talk about a guy who has... Just completed a half marathon, an amazing feat. Not just completing the half marathon, but he drank a beer every single mile of the half marathon and run a pretty, ran a pretty impressive time. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about that. Uh, also, the Parkway Classic was this past weekend, so it was a big, busy weekend. Uh, great experience a lot of folks had, and I want to uh, recap a couple of, of runners' experiences and how well they did. Uh, Finally, uh, on today's show, we're going to need some listener feedback. Excited about next week's guest, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, you listeners for some help for next week's guest. We need like a sounder for my London updates. Dogs barking? What if yeah. I get the dogs barking from the beginning of the uh, Ben Cot stealing from Jane's Addiction? <laughs> yeah. All right. That That works. Before we get Ben on, let me interject a, a London update. I know everybody is... Um, London Marathon? No, London, no, England? No. The London Marathon just did happen. You're London, right. Connecticut? No. no. Mike what, London? No. This is more applicable to this podcast because it's my dog, London. Uh, even though the London Marathon did just happen, uh, I just got a quick London update. I, I know this is a polarizing segment. Some people love it. Some people hate Chris it. Chris Banks' wife hates this. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, she well. says you need to talk about uh, <laughs> London less. Okay. All right. Well, just a quick story on on London. And uh, she was awarded at the uh, place where she does daycare and where she's boarded. She was awarded the dog of the month. Now, of course, I'm not going to mention the name of the company mm-hmm. because they don't sponsor with us. They don't. But she, I walk in last week to drop her off for daycare and on the wall is this nice obedient picture of my dog <laughs> and her sitting down at attention and they say dog of the month company x dog of the month london farley uh-huh. and then it, it describes like all the good things she's an energetic year and a half old gsp so friendly and loving and i'm like is this my dog <laughs> So I'm shocked. I take a picture, um, uh, and and you know it's it's the it's the highlight. You know, one of the highlights of, of London's uh, young life so far. Did but I think it was genius. I think it's a genius plan on their part. Yes, because you're all excited and you yeah. think, oh, our dog's great. Let's right. keep going here. The reason right. the reason right. why your dog was dog of the month is because uh, you <laughs> just show up at the last minute and you're like. Here's my credit card. Charge me whatever whatever you need. I need eight hours away from my you dog. You know what? This guy, he's smart. Like, I, yeah. after the euphoria was over, I realized, you know, basically what they're doing is yeah. they're probably going down the list of who spends the most money yeah, at this. exactly. And then saying, all right, this is going to be the dog of the month. And then we're well, going to say, not like, only nice that, things about the dog. It's not only that, but they also like, well, who's a mark? Which, <laughs> yeah, which of our yeah, customers yeah. is a real mark? Exactly. It's genius. Genius marketing. So um, if, if you are the podcast listener of the month or the Pacers <laughs> running... 
we should have a podcast. Customer of the month. Yeah, we should have a podcast. New segment. Yeah, we we you you'll be able to you'll be you you won't see through it. You won't see through it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. While we're on polarizing dog topics, can I ask another question? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, is it about his dog's Instagram account? <laughs> uh, no. Where do they talk about? I was it trying in the to first keep. The, I'm sorry, Tanya Banks. <laughs> I was trying to keep this tight. I really was. Well, this Go is ahead. more of like just general dog questions. Okay. So, uh, two things. So, first of all, like, so you refer to London as London Farley, right? Yeah. So, right. do you feel like London has taken your last yeah. name? I'm not. A, I'm not okay with that. But okay. Keep yeah. going. Okay. okay. And then second, second part of that is. Uh, how do you feel when people refer to you as London's father or parent? We've talked about this on the hmm. show before. We have? have we? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to try to stay consistent. I don't remember what my stance was back then, but I'll <laughs> well, tell you. This would be interesting it to see if it matches up. I mean, it could have yeah. changed. You know, I'm fine with it now. I'm fine with it now, but now I've become this dog person, whereas before I wasn't. So I probably might have had a different stance before. So do you feel like London and James are siblings? Like, do you feel like London's dog of the month is now the bar this is to which question. James much ascend to? <laughs> great question. I I have to admit, and I'm, I got to be honest. That's what I am on the show. I'm brutally honest. Uh-huh. I do say that's your brother and that's your sister. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably would not have done that before. And I probably would have scoffed at people who did that. But I do mm-hmm. that now. Yes. Keep in mind, this is the guy who hates all of your social media. <laughs> That's Everybody true. out there. That's true. Where's where do you fall on that, Joanna? Um, I don't feel like Luigi. Luigi and I are partners. Not your son. Yeah, but he's not. He's definitely not my son. He had a mother. Um, yeah. But now we we are partners in life, okay. and I'm not sure that he's taken my last name. Mm. So I feel weird when people like the vet refers to him as Luigi Russo, and I get it because technically, yeah. technically, I own him. I, I, I think that's it. the case where they have to do They're that. They're filing your dog. Yeah, got to have a file for the right. Dog exactly. So yeah. like, so if somebody, if there's like a business transaction that's involved. Then I think it. I think that then in that case, the dog should take the last name. Yeah, and he is my dependent technically. That's true. Did, did you uh, claim him on taxes? <laughs> I should. <laughs> you definitely should. It's a very spoiled dog. Yeah. Um, but I don't like to be referred to as his mother. Okay. Yeah, I'm not Luigi's mother. Do- Docs, you don't have a dog, but where do you fall on this argument? Yeah, dogs are dogs, which are which is a great thing. Right. They're not people. Okay. Also, I had a, my family had a particular dog growing up that I feel like my mom liked better than my brother and I. <laughs> so yeah. I also am a little salty about the subject, maybe because I feel like Molly was always my mom's favorite. Favorite, yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, Joanna, you didn't get the newspaper in the morning like Molly <laughs> did. did Molly. <laughs> Well, that's right. a dog joke. It doesn't have to be accurate. There we go. There's your dog segment of the week. Sorry, Tanya. Uh, yeah, there's a few people who love it. There's a few haters out there. All right. Next up, excited to be joined by Ben Beach, Bethesda resident who has run 50 Boston marathons in a row. He's also run every single Cherry Blossom 10-miler since it's been in, in existence since 1973. He's run some very fast Boston marathons. I think his PR might be 227. He just finished this last year in just a shade under uh, five hours. So we're going to talk to him about Boston, Cherry Blossom, and running in general next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs Joanna, we are excited to be joined by, on the phone, Ben Beach, 
Bethesda resident who has run every single Cherry Blossom 10-mile race and 50 straight Boston marathons. Ben, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Well, fine. I'm, I'm glad to be with you guys. Well, thank you so much. I mean, April, thank you for joining us in your in, in April here. April is a busy month for you, huh? Right. Right now, it's pretty easy. Right. <laughs> the first two-thirds are busy. Yeah, very, very busy. Uh, impressive streak. Um, you know, the, the, the I don't know what's more impressive, the 50 straight Boston marathons or the uh, being able to run cherry blossom every single year that that it's been around what do you what are you most proud of which one are you more proud of or they are you equally as proud well, of both i would say you know the marathon it's a longer race and uh 50 years versus 45 and i don't have to travel to get to cherry blossom i did for four years when i was in new york but so i'd say the marathon so you have uh run again 50 straight which is incredible um you run some fast ones. You've probably had some some ones that were, were challenging. Give yeah. me your 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 fastest and maybe the one that was most challenging in the fifty years at Boston. Uh, my fastest was uh, I did two twenty seven three times in the early eighties when I was in my thirties, and uh, now I do twice as long, <laughs> which is tougher. Right, and it's a lot of time to be out there. Right. Um. And one that's because I'm older, and and mostly it's because of this um, neurological problem I have called dystonia. Well, talk about that. So we, we we were talking a little bit before you you got on air here. This was 2002. Uh, take us through your your running into some issues running, and how did you find out that you had this affliction? Yeah. Well, I just noticed at the end of a run one day in 2002 that my left leg was not coming through quite the way it should and it got worse and so I was running less and I was trying to find a doctor who could figure out what my problem was and I saw a whole lot of doctors and and contacted a lot of runners. I could not find a single runner in America who had this problem Mm -hmm. and uh, and finally a doctor whose name coincidentally was John Kelly which is the same as the guy who's run the most Boston's ever. He ran 58, so not in a row. Right. And uh, he said, I think it might be dystonia, which is a movement disorder. It's in the Parkinson's family, but not quite as scary. And sure enough, I went to a clinic at NIH, and they said, yeah, you've got dystonia. And, and what that is simply is my brain, for reasons no one knows, sends a signal to my left hamstring every time that I'm trying to take a stride. And instead of allowing the hamstring to extend, it tells the hamstring contract. Hmm. So my stride is an absolute mess. And I figured that's it for my running career. I'm done. But the most amazing thing is how adaptable the body is. So my stride is a mess, but I can still run after a fashion. And uh, so I'm much, much slower. I run less distance, but I do do a version of running. Right. And uh, so I now do, you know, in a race through the cherry blossom, I ran at a 925 pace, which is 
not impressive, but hey, that's nothing to be ashamed of, man. There, a lot of our <laughs> listeners would be be thrilled with a nine twenty five pace. So that's my dystonia story, and I get Botox every three or four months because Botox interferes with the signal a little bit, so I'm not quite as bad as I would be otherwise. Now, did Dr. Kelly or anybody say that you're never going to run again, or do, do, do people run with this, this, this uh, condition? It varies. Some keep at it. Um, there's so few of us, it's hard really to, to say what most right. people do. Uh, I, I have now heard of a few other people who have it, um, and some have to give it up, and and some soldier on. Now, did you did, did now did you soldier on because of the streak, or did you soldier on because you know running has just been such a huge part of your life for your entire life? I, I think both, Chris. Yeah, uh, and, and I should just note that um, my stride is horrible to look at but it doesn't it doesn't hurt right the only thing that hurts is if i get injured as a result but that's it so let's talk about the boss let's let's stick with the start with the boston marathon here so you started uh running it when you were 18 years old how did you get into that first race and do you qualify for every race now or do you have another (laughs) special consideration well um back when I started, there was no qualifying standard. There were only 900-some runners, and uh, so you called up Jock Semple, who was at his massage table usually working over athletes, and say, Jock, would you send me an entry form? And you know, he said, what makes you think you can run 26 miles? And I didn't have a good answer. I'd never run more than five miles. <laughs> how old, how old are you at this race. point? Pardon me? How old are you at this point? 18, which okay. is the minimum age. <laughs> so he he sent me an entry form, and I ran the thing, and um, I was thrilled to finish. Um, and I thought, well, this, you know, I sort of washed out at baseball, basketball, and football, right. which were the sports I cared about. Right. So I sort of was resigned to running, and... Uh, but I'm 5'7", 125, at least today, and that's, <laughs> so I'm a small guy, and it sort of fits me. Right. But the way the other sports did not, and uh, so I did not want to run another marathon after I did that one, because I was really beat up. But after a few weeks or months, I guess I decided, well, that was a, an incredible thrill, and obviously it is what what I'm built for. So then I ran another and it just kept going. So do you, when did they start having qualifying times be a part of the equation? Yeah. So the qualify, I mean, obviously you, you probably very quickly hit the qualifying time as fast as you were running. Yeah, that was, I think it was about four or five years after I started that they started um, imposing a standard time and so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. About 10 or 12 years ago, when the dystonia really caught up with my performance and uh, and the times, uh, then, then I stopped qualifying. Yep. But they let those of us who've run at least 25 in a row, I think that's the cutoff, 
they let us run even if we have not qualified. So I'm I'm very grateful and lucky that they've let me keep at it. So is there's a community of Boston streakers then? Do you guys get together? Do you know the <laughs> other streakers? Like how do, how are you interacting with the other streakers? Yeah, well that started about oh fifteen years ago maybe when because initially the the Boston Athletic Association, which organizes a race, didn't have records. They had no idea who had run how many or how many in a row. But they decided um, in the late 90s to check it out. They came up with a list, and then um, some guy um, who lives up in Massachusetts decided to put us into a club and uh, called the Quarter Century Club, if you've run 25 in a row. And so, and I don't even know how many of us there are at this point. Do you but, know how, uh, how many there were originally? No, I don't. You know, it's the sort of thing I could could look up. I think we were talking probably originally there were about, you know, 20 to 30 right. of us maybe who had done okay. that many. Not a lot, uh, right. Because it does become habit forming, and so, and now there there are more, but I don't know how many more. So staying on Boston, um, you know, the streak continued on and on into to, until 2013, um, which is obviously a date that everybody in the country and the world uh, remembers when uh, the bombings happened at the finish line. Uh, talk about your uh, experience. Where were you on the course? Had you finished? Uh, talk about that day. Yeah, I had a, a rough day um, because I had arrived, I just sort of hurt my left calf um, a few days before the race. It wasn't serious, but um, at about ten miles, it suddenly just it felt like it just ripped out. Mm. Um, and I thought, I am done. I am out of luck completely. Streak is but, over. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But then I found that I could keep walking, um, and I figured out, all right, if I can keep up a 15-minute pace, um, which I was doing then with the walking, then I can get in in under six hours, which is sort of the official, that's when they turn off the clocks. So I was just walking along with with Phil Stewart, who was with me that day, and uh, and we were coming up Heartbreak Hill, and we heard some of the fans alongside the road say, "There's been a bombing or something." I don't remember the words they used mm-hmm. uh, at the finish line, and we didn't know whether to take that seriously. It just seemed so impossible, right? And um, then a few minutes later, all of a sudden, all these cops are coming by us with their sirens on, and we're thinking, it looks like something really did happen. And then we got uh, to B.C., about the 21-mile mark, and suddenly we see the volunteers in their yellow jackets going out and blocking off the road. And so suddenly the race is over, and as we stood there, um, we were getting radio reports telling us, yeah, there are dead people and people injured and there were bombs. And it was surreal. It just was so hard to imagine that that had happened. And, you know, it was sad. And it was just, you know, people who were as invested emotionally as I am 
and that rage, it was, you just couldn't digest it. So uh, finally, after about 15 minutes, uh, my son, who was also with us, said, Dad, I see there are people on sidewalks up ahead, so you want to try to go farther? So we went um, till we got to Fenway Park, about a mile and a half <clears throat> from the finish. And then there were cops there who said, absolutely, you were going no farther. Um, so that was the end of that. And um, you know, it was just a very, very sad and sobering day. You you said your son was was with you there at that point in the race. Were you? Did you have any worries about anybody, uh, family or friends that might have been at the finish line or, or or been on the course? Well, that's a very good point. I should have mentioned that. My my wife and family had never been at the finish line, but because this year that year I was going to pass the guy who had been ahead of me with uh, streaks for for years and years. It was going to be your 46th, I believe, right? I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and 45 had been the record. So, for that reason, I someone had given me these about 10 seats at the finish line, and my family was going to go there. But then when I got injured at 10 miles and was off pace, they delayed going down there. Wow! Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so did you did you know that at the time, or I did? I, I found it out. Um, I guess shortly after we stopped, um, which is when I heard about the bombing. Mm -hmm. So I did not have a long period thinking, "Uh oh, my family may be hurt." Um, now as it turned out, my brother and his wife did go down there they didn't have the tickets but they were just you know down there and unfortunately they did not get heard and my brother's a newspaper reporter so he was ended up covering the story um so that was a good year for me to get injured because <laughs> otherwise they might have been down there yeah. in the wrong way. I, I can't i just can't imagine yeah, that feeling of of uh you know, of not knowing and, and, and worrying about, you know, family or friends or, or yeah. uh, just, just compounding that. That's, that's uh, scary. Yeah. Uh, because my son had his cell phone with him, he was in touch with my wife who said, yeah, no, we're not there. We're, um, they were in a Best Buy or something watching it on TV. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a good that's good a smart stuff. place. Nice yeah, a lot air conditioning. Yeah. A lot of TVs. Yeah. You can see the race. Play a little video games <laughs> if right. you want. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, they 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 closed off the race while you were there. This is this is kind of a, a strange question, but like, was there was there any discussion about regarding your streak and, right. and how that impacts it or? Well, that's that's another good question uh, because. Yeah, obviously I did not finish um, that year, um, nor did a lot of us to have these long streaks. Uh, one, we're older and slower, and, and <laughs> two, because we're older and slower, because we're slower, we're, we start later, so we had less time to finish. And um, so they, you know, they thought about this, because it was not an obvious answer and they deliberated, I think, for about four or five weeks. And then they said, okay, 
anybody we recorded as having reached the halfway point, we're going to figure probably would have finished if we hadn't shut down the course. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, they said, okay, you guys, um, we'll figure your streaks are still intact. So but, that was a relief. Right. Uh, who's who's they? Is this, is this like is something this, that's yeah. recognized by the, the race committee or... Yeah, the Boston Athletic Association, which is about 130 years old and is uh, the outfit that created the marathon 121 years ago. So how do you personally feel? Do you feel, uh, you know, that is is there an, an asterisk needed for your 2013 <laughs> performance, or how do you feel? Well, you know, I, as I said, I did not finish. Right. So to say uh, I've finished all 50 is not quite accurate. Um, but, uh, and you would expect me to say this, I, I feel that since I was on my way to finishing and was told to stop, you know, there's nothing I could have done. Sure. Uh, so I, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, I haven't heard, you know, we, we all joke about the asterisk. <laughs> Um, but people seem to have accepted it and, and uh, moved on. I, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody should say that, that, uh, the streak is over because of that. That, that no certainly question. shouldn't be, uh, the case. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad the BAA came to the yeah, right no choice question. There. Yep. <laughs> um, so how was the, so, so then it takes us here to 2017, your 50th in a row, uh, you, you have the, the, the longest streak ever <laughs> in Boston Marathon history. Um, how, was, how was the 2017 event for you? It was unbelievable, truly unbelievable. Uh, and I, I hadn't really sensed that um, until the race was getting, you know, maybe six months ago. And, uh, you know, I just thought, wow, this, this will really be quite a feeling and and then there was a lot of uh, media interest in it, and and that was fun. On the other hand, because there was so much hype, um, boy, I thought if if I come undone at <laughs> at Coolidge Corner or something <laughs> and don't get to the finish, there's pressure, boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to be embarrassing. And then I was thrown out the first pitch at Fenway Park the day before. I mean, this thing really did? was built up so wow. much. Um, I just thought, and so I was really very nervous about the thing. I'm, I mean, you're always, especially in my case, you're 67 years old. You never know if you're going to finish a marathon. Um, and on top of, of that, that normal situation, here it is, everybody you know, saying, wow, it's your 50th in a row. And then if you're uh, carried off on a stretcher <laughs> or whatever, not good. So I was, you know, and because I don't do a lot of running anymore, I, I try to make up for it with a lot of biking and swimming and elliptical trainer and rowing machine, all this other stuff. Um, but I could very easily see sort of talking out. I've had some sure. pretty crappy marathons recently. So I was so relieved <laughs> to, 
to turn that corner onto Boylston Street and and see. Yeah, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> is that is that really? I mean, for for people who aren't familiar with the Boston Marathon, that's basically hitting the the final straightaway the home stretch. Is that is yeah. that really? You weren't relieved until you got there. <laughs> well, I, I probably exaggerated a little okay. bit. I, right, I was right. feeling relief um, all along the way. With each step, I said, sure. "All right." Okay. Well, I mean, because that's that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask was what at what point in the race? When did you really feel like, okay, right. I've got, got this, this. The pressure is 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 gone. I think probably um, when I was in the hills, so you know, eighteen, nineteen miles, and then it's a tough stretch. But I was holding together okay, and uh, and I now do this Jeff Galloway run walk system which i think is terrific i run four and a half minutes and mm-hmm. i walk 30 seconds and i, I really uh, amy burford who won the race the first year i ran it now does that and and really it's it's a great arrangement and, and my i really do feel i've got a little more spring in my step after that 30 seconds of walking as brief as it is um so i thought okay even if I have to walk, I'll be okay. And I really was so surprised that my hamstring, which had been a little bit of an issue in the, my training, didn't hurt. My left calf, which had given me some trouble this during the training season, was okay. I wasn't cramping up in my quads the way you often do, especially on a warm day. So I was just kind of amazed at how good I felt. And maybe it was just adrenaline um, you know, 50th right. great year adrenaline or something. So I felt, and probably by that point, okay, even if I got to walk it in, I'm going to get there. Um, you don't know for sure. Anything can happen <laughs> out there, but I was pretty confident that it was going to work out. Well, it, it, you, you, your adrenaline must have been pumping for the entire weekend, really, Ben, because <laughs> I, I read somewhere that, uh, yeah, you did throw out the first pitch. Uh, you're, you you went to Harvard, so you obviously got ties to the Boston area. Uh, your dad was a Boston fan, uh, and and I think on that Easter Sunday where you threw the pitch, uh, that was your dad's birthday. Um, You've really done your research. Yeah, right? so oh, I mean, that's right. I, it, what an amazing series of events! And I, I wanted to ask about the pitch. So, did you? I mean, you can YouTube video like all these videos of people, you know, who who don't throw it over the plate or have awful first pitches. How would you rate your first pitch? <laughs> yeah, a number of my friends had sent me those YouTube. So, uh, you know. Uh, well, I grew up loving baseball, so throwing a pitch didn't intimidate me, even though I'm 67 and, right. you know, I've certainly lost something. But and I, I did some practicing with my wife and a couple of my kids and a couple of friends over the last few months. Um, so I was feeling fairly confident. But, yeah, <laughs> you get out there in front of thousands of fans um, in your favorite ballpark, and you could certainly – screw it up right. um, but uh, fortunately I, I was a it wasn't a strike but it was <laughs> reasonably close a little bit high and inside nice. the right-handed batter so you didn't you didn't bounce it, it the, no. the catcher caught it nice yeah it's fantastic yeah so i was relieved uh, it was great great fun i mean it uh, really is 
was a rush. Um, but, uh, so did you? That was a. Yeah, it's awesome. A wonderful moment. Yeah. Did you did you warm up before? Like, were <laughs> you question. were you in the in the uh, basement of the stadium yeah. or something like <laughs> the that? The bowels of Fenway Park, yeah, firing up. firing strikes, or or do you just go out there cold? <laughs> yeah. I, I went out there. Um, you know, I thought I might have a chance to throw some on the side, but they didn't give us well, that opportunity. They won't let you do it on the field. That's the thing about throwing yeah. out that first pitch is is that. Uh, you can't throw the ball wow. on the field, so that's what that's why I was wondering if you were like in some alleyway or something. Yeah, no, I, I baseballs. didn't. I was just swinging my arms around, just <laughs> trying to get them loose. Yeah. Even and, even uh, more impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> well, Ben, that is awesome about Boston. Uh, you've become such good friends with Phil Stewart, who directs the uh, Cherry Blossom Road Race. Yeah. He's been um, a great addition to my life. Yeah, and he, he was, like you mentioned earlier, he was there with you in 2013 every step of the way, which is just awesome. And yeah. you've run his road race since 1973, which is incredible. How did you, like, it, was it just random? You signed up for that one in 73 and then signed up for it again in 74 and, and then just well, kept it, going? It just, I just moved to Washington in early 1973, and I was starting to run races other than Boston. And uh, so I saw, I read about this new Cherry Blossom race. I thought, wow, that's a terrific sounding race. I like the distance, 10 miles. I like the Cherry Blossom connection. And, you know, it was three miles from my house. So it all made sense. And, you know, it is a wonderful race. And so... Once I did that, I just wanted to keep doing it. Doing it, it's a a great way to celebrate the arrival of spring, and and uh, so, and I, I don't know when I started thinking. Well, right. it's a streak, and I want to keep it going. But I just the idea of not running it just didn't occur. So, were there times when it was hard to keep the streak going, like years that was particularly hard to coordinate getting to the race or signing and, up or and, running? And let me just say this, Ben. Joanna has run every single Boston Marathon 5K. BAA 5K. Oh, really? BAA 5K. So, she's run every single BAA. I, I keep messing up the name, but she's run every single BAA 5K. So, <laughs> she's got – I mean, and when, yeah, like when do you start thinking about it? And your, to your question, like – there's got to be times well, where it's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, I, I'm unable to say when I decided that the Boston um, streak was a streak. Uh, I'd say, well, I think it's probably around 10 years, but I don't really know. Um, and, yeah, you've got to be lucky, very lucky for one of these things to continue because – you could be sick, you could be injured, you could have a work conflict, a family conflict, you know, the the, the bus breaks down. Right. A million things can go wrong, especially if you're, well, maybe not, but even more so when you live out of town. Um, but I have been very lucky, and none of those things has ever um, knocked me aside. So give us some close calls for Cherry Blossom that you, you couldn't do. I mean, is there a wedding you got to be at or something? I mean, there's got to be just something. Um, well, with Cherry Blossom, there have not been really many close calls. I was working in New York from 79 to 83, but 
my wife uh, had family down here, and so, you know, I love the race. It was a good time to come down here. So I, I don't think of those, you know, and then I've lived here since 1984. So I, I just... I've been sort of fighting off an injury, um, so I guess that's the closest I've come, where I said, well, gosh, I, I've got this nagging hamstring problem, and if I run cherry blossom, am I then going to be <laughs> getting injured for Boston? For Boston. But, um, so there, I do remember there was one year when I ran very slowly um, compared to what I felt I could have run, um, now I run slowly, just naturally. But um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but but with Boston, I almost um, blew it on the fourth year. I arrived with a knee injury, and at about three miles, it started acting up. I carried a heating pad to the starting line that year. That's how concerned I was about it. Wow. Um, and uh, so. At about three miles, yeah, sure enough, the knee starts to hurt. And in those days, there was a bus that would come along and pick up the dropouts. So I said to the cop on the uh, on the um, motorcycle near me, you know, do you see the bus? Where's the bus? <laughs> and he said, oh, I don't see the bus yet. So I said, all right, I guess I'll just keep uh, running along here. So I kept running, and then lo and behold, before too long, the pain went away, and it never returned. I, I'm quite sure it hurt the next day, but uh, wow! So that was a very lucky turn of events for me. Uh, otherwise, if I had a streak, it would be at 46 instead of 50. Right. Um, and so I'm. And then there's a couple other years when I was just kind of semi-injured. Um, one year I had a a cold or a slight flu, but it wasn't that serious. I was, um, and then I had a couple of years recently when I ran really terrible times, like 540 and 555, I think, um, where I just was really coming unglued. And so that's one reason I wasn't overly confident this year that I wouldn't necessarily get through it. But this run-walk system, and uh, and also I'm taking more fluids. I think right. I got dehydrated a couple of years, and I should be smart enough not to let that happen. Uh, well, but I got kind of spooked by this uh, hyponatremia. Right, right, where you can overload on water, right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I started thinking, yeah. I'm a small guy, as I said, right. and I'm out there a long time, and those are two of the uh, indicators people who are prone to get that problem. Yep. So I I really was stupid. I didn't get enough water and Gatorade for a couple of those years. Um, so now I've I've come around on that. And dialed so, in all your nutrition. I mean, yeah, and for you, it's not just that you're going to get sick or it's really a health problem. you you, you got to keep the streak going. So no no yeah, hypernatremia for you, man. <laughs> Well, you, you, you did run 501 this year, impressive time. So obviously not your best, but as of recent, that's not your worst. So pretty solid effort out there, Boston. Yeah, by my standards, that was yeah. a, a damn <laughs> good race. Yeah, really solid. Um, you know, before you let you go, I wanted to touch on how much you said you're not running a ton now, but you're, you're, you're doing some running and then a lot of other activities. How much do you actually run? 
Well, I'm embarrassed uh, <laughs> as a marathoner to say that I run three days a week. One day is usually five or six miles, and it usually includes uh, a couple miles at the track. And then my long run is usually eight to 12. And then I do one day of running stairs at the parking garage or in my office building um, because I found out that I don't have much dystonia effect when I'm lifting hmm. my leg up instead of trying to stretch it forward. So I get sort of the equivalent of hill training by going into the parking garage right. stairwell or whatever. And that's a pretty hard workout. Um, so, but I, I don't, so yeah, maybe you're looking at a, you know, 15 mile week instead of 50 or 60. Right. So, and you know, I do the other stuff. I probably work out two hours a day when you add it up, but there's no substitute really for the for running. running. I agree. Do you, do you have any other streaks in your life? Like what do you have for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm afraid I'm sort of a street crazy. I, I worked 27 years for the Wilderness Society. Um, I go to the same place in Connecticut every summer. Um, I had a couple of breaks in that, but I've been doing it since I was a year old. Um, I go to the Howard Yale game every year. That streak is 52, I think, wow. 51. That's got to be a record, you, too. But do you know the nice thing well, about it, not, Farley? He doesn't have to replace his calendar. That's true. He doesn't like have his, to, he his knows. day planner is just and, <laughs> and people, and, the same one for fifty pe- years. And people and people know not to bother him. Harvard, Yale, Boston Marathon, <laughs> Cherry Blossom. Like they don't ask you, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I'm uh, a man of habit, I guess. That's fantastic. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, all right, Ben. Well, I I, uh, I I thank you so. I mean, this was seriously last minute. Uh, so I want to thank uh, 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 Charlie Band for helping us facilitate this again, uh, and and you joining us last minute really inspiring, my friend. Um, well, you're nice to say that. I, I always obviously enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Well, it is a really fun fun thing to talk about. You can find uh, you, you, the really cool article that Andrew Metcalf did on the Bethesda beat. We will tweet that out. Um, yeah. It kind of tells. I think the best one was done by. By Paul Taylor, who was yep. in the health section of the Post a couple weeks ago. A couple ago. weeks ago. We'll, we'll tweet out that, that one from Paul as well. So really cool story, Ben. Um, how many more you got in you, man? Well, yeah, that's a question that <laughs> tends to come up. Right. And uh, I, I, I no longer, uh, I guess I never really put a number. My, my position's always been I'll just take a year at a time, um, and running as long as I can. Now, if it gets to the point where all I can do is walk it, then I don't think I'm right. going to do that. It's not really a, a marathon. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel, because this year went well, I'm feeling a little more confident. I, I think I got a few more in me, but you never know. No question. So, I plan to be there on April 16th, 2018, and we'll take it from there. Take it one at a time. Yep. That's it, man. All right. That's Ben Beach. He's run 50 straight Boston marathons and every single Cherry Blossom 10-miler. And he's gone to, I mean, we unearthed something here, mm-hmm. 52 
Harvard Yale games, football games. So quite impressive streaks, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Well, thanks for your time. I had a good I had fun. We enjoyed it too. There he goes. That's Ben Beach, Bethesda native Ben Beach on Pace the Nation. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Ben Beach for joining us here on Pace the Nation. Uh, fun interview. Farley, does he spell his name like the uh, summer vacation or like the tree? <laughs> I am um, glad it's right in front of me. It is Beach. Uh, like the, uh, <laughs> no, he spells it like the like I the know vacation, what it is. right? Like the vacation, like when you go out. Okay. When you go to uh, the shore and you head uh, to the beach. Okay. Yeah, B E. A C H. Okay. Yeah. You know, Docs, I never thought about uh, other streaks before, Uh but I think streaking is a personality. It is. I think so. I'm glad you brought up that question about any other streaks. I streaked, I I had like a 13 year streak of eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich and Tostitos for lunch. I don't know if that's (laughs) as good as his 50 year Boston Marathon streak or his 47 year uh, Cherry Blossom, but it's close. But I think that people that do these streaks also have like they're they're very um, habitual people mm-hmm. where they do like mm-hmm. like I do the race with my dad every year. Right. I go to the same pizza place every Friday. I go to Seattle every like yeah. I do the same things. Like my mm-hmm. calendar is not really that creative. We're gonna be interviewing you one day about your <laughs> BAA well, I wanted, 5K, and I'll get the name right eventually. Well, I wanted to ask him if he when he started the streaks if if he thought one day he'd be on a podcast, and that's why he <laughs> continued. <laughs> Yeah, well, I would have probably trounced that question <laughs> as well, jumped all over that. But no, awesome to have Ben Beach. Uh, thanks again to Ch- Charlie for helping us. Uh, I mean, so Charlie, Charlie's, Charlie's he's turning into like an assistant producer. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Um, I like how you. I like how you tricked him into that position, <laughs> being part of the show yeah. somehow. Yeah, wasn't what I had originally thought for him. But no, awesome uh, to talk to Ben. Really fun interview. Um, Fifty Boston marathons in a row, and I. I think, you know, I, I don't know where he, he, I don't know where you guys fell on his answer about the asterisk, but uh, I feel like. I, I know exactly what you feel like. I, <laughs> I feel like no asterisk was needed, but is he, in my opinion. He, he said in his, uh, in his answer, he said that they all talked about an asterisk. Right. I, I, yeah. But I, I don't think there's an asterisk needed. So. But he, he said that, I mean, I didn't want to come out and say, all right, right listen. This is what you have to decide. You know, you're, you're one of the jury members right. for this, this Chris Farley thing. Right. Um, I think, in my opinion, he validated that at least the asterisk was part of the discussion. I agree. All right. Fair. <laughs> Let's not make it about me today for once. Um, all right. Great, great, great interview with, with Ben. Um, we will tweet out a couple of those, those stories that, that uh, tell his Boston Marathon streak story. Uh, very well uh, uh, in the Washington Post and the Bethesda Beat. All right, so we had the GW Parkway Classic race this mm-hmm. uh, past weekend. Uh, we, we somehow lucked out, and, and I'm not a guy who likes to talk about the weather. I think weather is small talk, you know. Mm-hmm. And you and know, also Dave Matthews told you not to talk about that's the weather. That's true, he did. Don't talk about it. Talk about the weather. But the weather was incredible. It was supposed to be rainy 
and uh, it, it, it was going to be, you know, probably a little bit of humidity in the air, but uh-huh. ultimately almost no hum- humidity and probably like 50 degree temperatures, uh, a little perfect. overcast. It was perfect running weather yeah. and it was just a great day. Really come out of that weekend inspired by what our events crew does and the Pacers running team because uh, it really is a, a huge uh, team effort on both the event side and Lisa and Kathy's team and and the the retail side. Uh, everybody's really involved. So fun weekend. Couple of really cool um, finishers that that were that uh, I wanted to touch on. Number one, um, Don Trilling, uh, who actually wears bib number one, so he gets a little bit of an early start. He's 89 years old, lives in Alexandria, has run 30. Parkway Classic races. This is the race that he puts on his calendar every year. I, I don't Has think he it's done a them in a row. I don't think it's a streak. I think he's mm-hmm. missed one here or there. Still a great accomplishment, but still an, an incredible accomplishment. Uh, finishing the race, uh, his time was four hours and fifty-one minutes. Uh, so uh, amazing effort by Don at eighty-nine years old. He says he's going to be back again every single year that he can, you know, put one foot in front of the other. So really cool to see him out there. Also, uh, former guest Jamie Watts bettered her time from last year. Jamie, of course, is a former guest who came in and talked about uh, her having cerebral palsy. Uh, she finished the race, also had an early start, finished her, her, the race in her best 10-mile time ever of six hours and 20 minutes. Ooh, that's awesome. So Congrats. really, really cool stories out there. A lot of, a lot of uh, you know, runners up front, in the middle, back of the pack, uh, mm-hmm. an inspiring story. So Mid-pack. Mid-pack. <laughs> I did see mid-pack out there, I too. I heard, yeah. yeah. Saw mid-pack biped out there. Always fun to run into him. So awesome race there. This week, um, we're getting ready for the New Jersey Marathon. So we'll be headed up to New Jersey. Joanna, you'll be heading up there. You are the elite elite coordinator, right? That's correct. So you'll be heading up there. I'm heading up there today. Uh, and yeah, a little behind the curtain. Yeah. We're recording early this week oh, Yep. So to accommodate Farley. Yeah, yep. <laughs> to, so we'll be putting on the New Jersey Marathon, um, which leads me to um, this question. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about next week's guest. Uh Derek Murphy. We've talked about Derek a number of times yeah. on the program before. He finds marathon cheaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tweet us questions. If you tweet us a good question or email us at pacethenation mm-hmm. at gmail.com, good question. We will ask Derek next week on the program. He's the one, of course, who found uh, you know the marathon cheaters on Instagram, Uh We've, yeah, we've referenced him before. He, he finds times. the inconsistencies. Yep. Very exciting to talk to him, actually, yep. um, about his process. So. so if you have a question, uh, tweet us, email us, let us know. Yeah. So um, really quick, I, I wanted to tell you guys about my last uh, last week on Friday. I had a really big day. Uh, so I thought we could spend the rest of the show talking about my yes. my Friday, if that's okay <laughs> right. with you guys. Well, that's what I was uh, hoping to to yeah get into. Uh-huh. Was your Friday? Yeah, because um, it was pretty cool. It was, yeah. it was a pretty significant moment in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happened on your Friday, Docs? <laughs> oh I, well, I'm just assuming nobody else has a better story than me. Well, 
if if somebody does, then let's talk about then that. Then they should speak up yeah. now. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to talk about. So what did you do on your Friday, Joanna? Um, so I had the opportunity to be a color analyst for the UVA Challenge that was broadcast by the ACC Network on ESPN3. So you were an ESPN color analyst. ESPN3, Th- yes. This, wow. means, this means that uh, during a three-hour track meet that was broadcast from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Friday night, you are in the booth commentating on the race. On the races and the field yeah. events, yep. Yeah. You're basically Dick Vitale. That's incredible. <laughs> that is amazing. I don't, I've, I don't I've like lost that. my amateur status, too. I know. Yeah. I, don't like that. I don't like that analogy. I don't like no. Dick Vitale. You don't like Dick no, Vitale? He's so obnoxious. <laughs> he is kind of obnoxious. I couldn't think of actually someone who was more polar actually, opposite than Dick Vitale and yeah. Joanna. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... You know he's he's recognizable, so I just want to throw out a recognizable name. So, so Joanna, this is your your TV debut. How'd it go? Well, I don't think they actually showed me on TV. Just my just my voice. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So then, who cares what you wore? <laughs> it's true, actually. I, I mentioned that it's like they she, they wanted her to wear this polo shirt, and it didn't matter. You could have worn Pace the Nation. Um, you know, well, I wanted her to wear and, Pace the Nation. Right. Other, uh, okay, so but you, you, your voice was still on TV. My so. voice was still on TV. Yeah. yeah, so I think we should rewind the tape and talk yeah. about how this came to be, which was through Brian Fetzer, who's the coach at UVA. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed a color commentator for Friday Night's Meet, and he very generously thought of me. Mm-hmm. So um, on Thursday, Farley asked me if I want to do this at like 3 p.m. And the she's like working the store, and I'm like, I'm I, by I, need to, I need to talk to you now. And she's like, I, I don't, I got two customers. Uh, call me back. She wasn't calling me back. Brian wanted an answer pretty quickly to yeah. coordinate because we were literally 27 hours away from her being uh, on air on right. ESPN. Right. So I said yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is brave. I'm, I'm, I give you props yeah. for that. I mean, you, you didn't even know what you were saying yes to. That's which I true, love. Yeah. I love that about you that you said yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... So Friday, we docs gave me a ride down there. Yep. Um, it was weird because there was a production meeting before the broadcast. Um, and you're, that's foreign to you. Yeah. Everybody else was pretty used to it. I was like, what's this? Yeah. Um, but that, w- that was cool. The the guy that w- I was working with, Jerry, he's a the play-by-play guy, like professional. He's done so many sports, and he was really great. And he was really nice to me as a newbie because I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and then at seven o'clock we went on the air and no, like we didn't have any commercial breaks, nothing. So Jerry and I just had to talk for three hours straight, which is actually a lot harder than it seems. I mean, it seems incredibly hard to me. Three hours straight, no bathroom breaks. You're up on the stage overlooking yeah, it was Langdon a, Field, which is the track. Mm-hmm. It was a, in like in a cherry picker. There was no escape. <laughs> right, right. Like right. they had to lower the uh, platform for you to get out. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean... And, like, you had no breaks to say, hey, I got a question about this. None of that. And yeah. no internet service. No internet service. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how you did it. I'm impressed. I tried to do some research about the people in the meet beforehand, but given that I only had 15 hours and part, right. part of some that. Some of it you were sleeping. A lot of it I was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, sleeping, travel, production meetings. I really didn't have an opportunity to do as much research as I would have liked. Right. Um, this was a, a invitational, so there was over 50 schools, um, over 1,000 kids running or competing. So it was a, a pretty big meet with a lot of uh, – 
impressive kids there that ran some good times. So also at the meet, because so, it was only on TV the Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Mouskowitz ran Saturday night. That's a shame because you could have really gone on about. <laughs> oh, I know he was former guest. He's the NC State runner who who had the uh, bloody nose at uh, uh, at nationals. At nationals, I'm downplaying country. his his story a little bit. But you could have just like oh, have been had like, why? How did you know that he took a bus home for Thanksgiving? <laughs> like you could have like really told some stories for that kid. Yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been helpful. Um, the other thing that was really helpful is a lot of the schools give you a pronunciation guide, so you know how to pronounce people's names, Ooh, which yeah. I, that's great. I love that. Wow, that would have been probably not enough for me. I still would have <laughs> butchered. Some stuff that probably that was the then that to me would have been the scariest part. <laughs> um, and they have a cough button in their studio, so if you have to cough or drink water or make noise, you can mute you your just mic. Mute your mic, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm missing that today. <laughs> All right, well, let's play a sampling of uh, Joanna on Friday night. If you're an athlete that is clearly not going to finish atop the podium in this one, uh, what's your mindset here as this race just winds down? Well, everybody's out there running their own race, so even if you're not going for the win, you're still chasing a PR or maybe trying to get after a qualifying time. So even after you've been lapped, you still want to stay focused on whatever your particular goal is for this race. It can be discouraging to have other runners go past you, but that's where that mental strength comes in as a competitor to really run your own race and keep your own strong mindset. So that was just a sampling. I watched mm-hmm. her, her um, perform because uh, you were at the let's, meet. Let's talk about that, too. Yeah. Just just real quick, why but you were wait, back well, at the on. hotel. Hold on. Super impressive. Good analysis there. That was during a 10K. And, and a 10K that goes on for 35, 40 minutes. I mean, good <laughs> analysis there. Solid work. Uh, so I was, I was really impressed. Yes, I had to take my kid home. No, this is like me and Farley were in the same place beforehand, and he drives me to the track, leaving my car at random row. And then when we get to the track, he's like, okay, I'm not coming in. <laughs> well, there's no parking. James was getting a little fussy. Yeah, so I just how, leave docks there. Yeah, how did you suspect I was going to go back and get my car? Uh, didn't think that through. I know. And I actually thought maybe you could interact with Joanna with breaks and stuff like that, but you walk in and she's on this like apple picker. Is that what you called it? Cherry picker. Cherry picker. Yeah. Huge like construction cherry picker that you're on, you know, uh, 40 feet in the air and you can't, you know, so there's no interaction. Plus she's on for three hours straight. Yeah. I also thought that, uh, maybe like Joanna was going to be like texting, like bring me a slice of pizza or something (laughs) like that. Impossible. You would have had to thrown it up there. Yeah, I try, I did, and and I got kicked out. I had to watch the the last hour and a half from outside. So the track. yes, I went back yeah. to the hotel and I watched uh, Joanna's performance online uh, on ESPN. Joanna, when's your next uh, TV broadcast? Um, I'm I'm waiting for my next phone call. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jerry, your 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 uh, your play-by-play guy. I mean, he said that he he might uh, recommend you for the next one of his next shows, right? I know, which is absolutely crazy. But I feel like I learned a lot, and I would be much better prepared the mm-hmm. next time that I get up on that. If you had record. more than fifteen hours to prepare, yes. Are you preparing for college track meets? Yeah, I actually have taken a more active interest in college <laughs> yeah. track now yeah. because I really only watched highlights or I followed the, the kids who yeah. were who were significantly doing well. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I should brush up on my college track. Well, very impressive. Uh, they did mention that Joanna E. Russo mm-hmm. from Pace the Nation, that was how she was. On uh, the TV broadcast? Yes, that's oh, how nice. she was introduced. 
so, so welcome all our new yes Virginia Challenge listeners. Absolutely. So that was that was really cool. So, and Joanna has an active streak of one straight uh, <laughs> announcing Virginia challenges. Gigs, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So no, thanks to to Brian Fetzer, the UVA team, uh, for making this possible. Jerry, your play by play guy, uh, really cool, Joanna. Uh, that is really yeah. really cool to put on the resume. Congratulations, Con- congratulations, yeah, Joanna. Seriously. Very impressive. Thank you. And and let's be honest, Farley, you're salty because you weren't picked, but that sounded like she did a really good job. She did way better than I would have. Yeah. I would have come <laughs> in not nearly as prepared, and I would have yeah. irritated many families across the country <laughs> as I mispronounce names. All right, finally, I'm going to close with this story. Uh, Emmett Farnan, uh, he's a senior engineering student at the University of Notre Dame. He just completed a half marathon and 143, uh, which is, you know, an impressive, an impressive time. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit uh, under eight-minute pace, I'd say, for a half marathon. But he did it by drinking a Coors Light at every mile marker. So he drank 13 Coors Lights along the way i can't decide if this is more disgusting or if the nose frida is <laughs> uh he, why because he picked coors lights what if he what if he drank 13 rosés <laughs> well so coors light has 4.2 percent alcohol content so uh you know i mean it's not going to be your like your brother's favorite beer who he like? Well, he likes you know craft beers. He likes well, craft beers. Some craft yeah. beers have low alcoholic content okay. to them. Okay. Probably has no idea. I yeah, I think of craft beers being very heavy. Uh, so uh, he got inspiration from the beer mile. Uh, the nautical beer mile is coming again this August. So uh, sign up now for that. But he got inspi- inspiration from the beer mile and decided to try this half marathon. And I have to say, eight minute pace is incredibly impressive without beers now with beers i mean he but threw then, up a little bit on the way but that so is then it like count. then you gotta go do well, that mile again <laughs> i guess he was kind of making up his own rules along the is way is he the, the yeah. first person to have done this I, I i'm sure there's others who have but he's the first person who has what uh, inspired so he, he really yeah. heard of a beer mile and then he's like oh I, I should just expand that miles aren't my thing but i love half marathons yeah, yeah. but i i i'll, I'll tell i'll say that I think that this is more of a distance runners uh, event mm-hmm. if you're mixing beer and, and distance running. Thirteen beers is too much. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lot of beer in an hour and forty five minutes. And what is it? Yeah, I mean, so that's the other point is that you should, what does it take? Like about ten minutes for the alcohol to yeah. start affecting you. So like a beer mile, you're you're not really getting uh, the effect, the, the the alcohol effect or, yeah. or the dehydration effect. This you are. But like, especially if you turn like, um, you know, like made it not quite 13 miles, but you know how like the nautical beer mile, we do a relay, Mm -hmm. like literally that's a four by four, you know, that's a sprint. So I kind of like the the distance thing to, to this as well. Well, but I don't like the idea of drinking 13, 13 beers. Yeah. Don't, don't call me up for a a half marathon beer. (laughs) No, we're not recommending doing this. I just think it was of note. But um, what I, I I've got more questions that you can't answer. Yeah, um, probably. But I'm wondering, like, so so he must have had the first beer at the start line. Start. Yep. So uh, he he uh, finished a Coors Light before starting the race, uh-huh. then downed another at each mile marker. And did did he have somebody on the race on the course? Um, I can actually answer these. Yes, yeah. he arranged for a friend with a backpack full of uh, Coors Lights 
to accompany him on a bike. So ah, the guy is okay. on a bike. So it's, it was mile. just one one beer guy. Yep. Uh, did he have an ice man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't it doesn't say that in this article. Well, I would hope after an hour and forty five minutes of, of slogging uh, beers out on the course, I hope that there was ice in the backpack. Yeah. That because was warm because beer. yeah, you think like at the ten mile mark, yeah. you're like this or that, you know. Uh, yeah. That's the last thing you want is like a nice warm beer. This is so appropriate that the Coors Light truck is literally right outside of yeah, the studio right it, it now. Is. Yeah. Um, I'll get a picture of me in front of that Coors Light truck and we'll tweet that out as well. Because uh, that was my call signal at one point. As That's we what you thought show. it was, was yeah. the silver so, bullet. I think it was maybe a second before we uh, we changed you it. You shot that down. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. true. And, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we also have a location in Princeton, New Jersey. We'll be heading up. Joanne and I will be heading up there this weekend for the New Jersey Marathon. Uh, you can always shop us online at runpacers.com, just like Bradley did this week. I dropped off his pair of shoes and his Pace the Nation shirt. So thank you for shopping. Runpacers.com. All right, episode number 104 in the books. 10-4. Good show, guys. Uh, hey, big thanks to uh, Ben Beach for joining us last minute to talk about his streaks, many streaks that he has. And a uh, thank you to Charlie Ban as well for uh, helping us coordinate that interview. Of course, thanks to you, the listener. Please spread the good word. We uh, are over 100 shows and very proud of, of what we're doing here. So thank you for your listening, uh, listenership, and please spread the good word about Pace the Nation. Thanks to Kelly, the intern. Thanks to Joanne Russo. Thanks to William E. Docs. Episode 104 in the books. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. And if you're in Charlottesville, go to Random Row. <laughs> Do you think that's Kevin Durant's brother? Really looks like Kevin Durant. It looks like him, and the guy, this guy's like six it foot does. eight. And Kevin Durant is from. He's this from area. this area. Yeah, could be right. And he definitely heard us talking. <laughs> <laughs>